Welcome to the Women in Leadership podcast. My name is Marianne Metz, and I'll be your host. As a female navigating the challenges that rise with leadership, I wanted to start a conversation with you as a woman in the workforce myself and offer a resource for leadership excellence. This podcast series is sponsored by Ascension Transformation Solutions, your business transformation technology partner. As you tune in to listen, you will meet Debbie Collard and Susan Ireland, our leadership experts who will be answering questions to offer you exclusive insights to help you thrive in your career. Stick around. Hi, and welcome back to the Women in Leadership podcast series. I have Debbie Collard and Susan Ireland on the phone with us today. Thanks for joining me, ladies. Thanks, Marianne. Thank you. Hi. In today's episode, we are talking about resilience. This is such a relevant topic during the current events the pandemic and its consequences, climate events, and the divisive political situation, just to name a few. We are all dealing with a lot while we are continuing to work and raise our families and contribute to our communities. I have a couple questions today about resilience to start with, so let's just dive in with question one. How would you define resilience and why is it important? Um, let's just start out with this, is that humans are resilient. Everyone has setbacks, disappointments, and unfortunately have to face crisis at some point in our lives, and we make it through. I think that's the good news. We survive, and hopefully we learn more about ourselves and the world as a result. We are all different, though, and what a problem is for one person might not be for another, or the time it takes to get through a setback can vary widely. It's important to say here up front that if anyone is feeling overwhelmed and unable to cope, please seek professional help and support. There are many free or affordable services to support you. But back to resilience. I like how Brene Brown described it in her book, Rising Strong. Brown describes it as a tolerance for discomfort. She further says that people who are able to navigate hard situations, such as getting a divorce or getting fired, can do so because they're aware of and able to lean into their uncomfortable emotions. She told an interview with Tech Inside that sometimes we have to do tough things and feel our way through tough situations, and we have to feel tough emotions. Courage, grit, and perseverance are often required to keep moving forward in the face of adversity. Knowing what you want, what values you hold dear, and we talked about values in our previous podcast episode that was titled Values-Based Leadership, but staying aligned with those goals and value, especially in tough times, can help keep you going, even when you aren't feeling especially up to the task. Resilience is a process of adjusting to adversity in the healthiest way possible. I want to add on to that, and I want to say that again, what Susan just said, because it's so important. Resilience is a process of adjusting to adversity in the healthiest way possible. Resilient people are able to view tough situations as challenges, not as unrecoverable unrecoverable catastrophes. They don't think of mistakes as personal failures, but as lessons learned and opportunities for improvement. Mistakes don't undermine their self-worth. A sense of purpose is common in resilient people. Their purpose is more important than their discomfort, and therefore they're able to get out of bed in the morning and keep going. 
Resilient people have a sense of personal agency. They feel in control of their life, their attitude, and their choices. They have faith in their ability to handle a wide range of situations, and they focus on what they can control and don't spend a lot of time ruminating on what they can't control. Absolutely. And hearing this is very impactful for myself, along with our listeners, as we are all facing new and challenging situations that have caused some of us to easily empower strength and agility, while others may struggle with adapting and finding success and empowerment within our new normal. Which leads me to my next question. In the face of our adversity and these stressful situations today, Debbie, how important is it to have a community who can support you and encourage you during challenging times? Wow. So community is extremely important. It's one of our four leadership pillars in Seasons Leadership because we believe that it is always important to have a strong, diverse network of people who can support you and who you can support in turn. This is important in good times and even more important in hard times because it takes time to develop relationships and the associated trust. Having those relationships will elevate your thinking, which in turn opens up broader options and possibilities for action. It's like you have this upgraded thinking with a collective, more creative, more resourceful community mindset. When facing adversity, this is especially important because that's when we may be scared or fearful, which we all know narrows our vision and our choices or our perception of choices. Plus, it's less lonely when we have people to talk to and people who can make us feel heard. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I can attest for myself that without the support of my friends and family every day, I would definitely be missing that feeling of empowerment and strength. But I've also heard our mindset can influence our ability to develop resilience. This can also be affected by a lack of community support, who sometimes are the only ones who can help you find that positive mindset in the middle of hardship. Susan, what are your thoughts about that? I believe mindset does influence our ability to be resilient. Carol D. Wick identified the fix and growth mindset, which I am fascinated with. Focusing on effort and persistence, as opposed to solely focusing on the outcome of winning or losing, is the essence of a growth mindset. This insight into the potential and possibility that is seen from a growth mindset provides the perspective that is key to resiliency, as opposed to the binary thinking of either I can or I can't of the fixed mindset. Focusing on effort, learning, and looking at failure as a part of the process rather than as a, it's a limit of my possibilities or abilities is critical to building and maintaining resilience. But Marianne, you mentioned the positive mindset and you're right, positivity and being optimistic in the face of challenges is another key element to resilience. Studies have shown the impact of not, of not only a positive outlook, but the experience of positive emotions, joy, contentment, love, have the ability to broaden your thought processes. Researcher Barbara Fredrickson called out the broaden and build theory about positive emotions. Positive emotions expand your horizons 
and help you be open to opportunities that you may have not seen earlier. Feeling good and happy or brimming with pride enables more expansive thinking and allows us to see the bigger picture, taking the balcony view, the high level view, as opposed to just the damp floor or in the weeds. So a positive mindset can also provide a foundation for a solutions-focused thinking and help you cope with challenging situations. Yes, well said. That was amazing. Thanks for that insight, Susan. Sure. Now let's chat for a minute about other ideas we have to build resilience. Debbie, would you mind sharing your thoughts for our listeners first? I'd be happy to. So I feel that this building resilience is unique for each person and you have to find the approach that works best for you. There are probably some commonalities though in building resistance. Since being able to focus the bigger picture and on your goals contributes to being resilient, I think knowing your purpose or finding your why is very important to building your resilience. Knowing that purpose or why and using it as a touchstone in tough times to keep you moving forward will keep building the resilience as you go. Also, find your happy place and be able to visit mentally whenever you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious. There was Mm -hmm. this commercial out recently that suggested find your beach, and that's great advice. Pausing and having a place you can go to mentally to recenter helps break the anxiety cycle and build your resilience. That place is different for everybody. Mine happens to be the beach, which is why I resonated with that commercial. (laughs) Finally, I think taking care of ourselves, investing in our own self-care is also an investment in resilience. When we're at our best and we are healthy and happy, as Susan just talked about, we are much more resilient than if we are unwell or exhausted. Focusing on our own physical and emotional health helps build our resilience. Susan, what about your thoughts on building resilience? Well, Debbie, I love that because the beach is my happy place too. Yay, I I know. I say we go. I say we go in real life. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, well, I have a practice that I find invaluable for boosting my resilience, and I'd like to share that. Um, This is a practice developed by Gerald Forrester and Jennifer Rose and is described in their book, Articulating Your Strengths a mindful practice for developing your positive identity. They also have a website, uh, strengthfocusedidentity.org. So I'm going to try to summarize this practice, but I do this regularly, and I think over time it has really uh, enhanced my well-being. So um, I encourage you to go look at the book or look at the website for more information. But here it goes. So here's how simple it is. It's a simple idea. Number one, start becoming more aware of positive moments. Anything that makes you feel good from a cool glass of water to a child's smile, whatever it is for you. Then articulate, put into words your thoughts and feelings about this positive moment. Think of a strength that you have that contributed to make that positive moment possible. It could be as simple as, I'm good at taking care of myself and I know the importance of drinking water and I follow through. 
or I am a good mother and my child is happy because he feels loved. Number three, do this for about two weeks, collecting down your positive moments and strengths, writing them down, articulating them as you go, putting words to your feelings. Then take a look at what you've written down and identify your top 10 strengths. What is it about you that is strong and you feel good about? It could be attributes or things you do well or just who you are. Then number four, take time to elaborate on those 10 strengths. Create a short paragraph on each to really nail what it is that is unique to you so you can own it. This practice is best done with someone else. There's something magical about saying out loud your strengths and hearing back from someone with validation. It's really amazing. And my capacity for optimism has expanded over time. This practice helps me feel more optimistic at any moment and elevates my overall sense of well-being by turning my attention to my strengths and positive qualities, combating my natural negative bias and thinking. Doing this as a practice, I believe, boosts my resilience because I'm training my brain to see the positive and be more open as opposed to the fixed mindset like I talked about before. I am convinced this practice is one of the best things anyone can do to feel more optimistic, which reminds me of a quote from the Dalai Lama that I think ties back to resilience. So I'm going to quote him now. One very important factor for sustaining hope is to have an optimistic attitude. Optimism doesn't mean that you are blind to the reality of the situation. It means that you remain motivated to seek a solution to whatever problems arise. Optimism involves looking at the situation, not only in relation to problems that arise, but also seeking out some benefit, looking at it in terms of its potential positive outcome. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. And in light of that optimistic attitude you just spoke about, I personally believe that in order to build resilience, it starts with telling yourself you can build resilience. By believing in yourself, you start to develop a sense of empowerment that will begin to flow through the attitudes that you carry, the decisions that you make, and the actions that you take. One of my favorite quotes says this, hard times don't create heroes. It is during the hard times when the hero within us is revealed. And I love this concept because it reminds us that we have had the strength inside us this whole time to battle anything that comes our way, whether a small work problem in the workplace or a worldwide pandemic. We are truly capable of finding success as long as we keep the right attitude. Marianne, that is such an incredible quote. And you are absolutely right. The strength to tackle just about anything is already inside of us. One of the foundation principles of IPEC, which is the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, is this. The answers to all questions lie within. If you take that at face value, each of us should be resilient. However, the struggle for some people is believing that they already have the strength inside them and knowing how to access that strength. 
Positive reinforcement or positive self-talk, as you mentioned, is a huge help. Affirming your belief in yourself is contagious. If you keep telling yourself that you have everything that you need and that you can do it, eventually you'll start to believe it. And you can access your community to help you access the strength inside you. They are reminders for us when we can't see it ourselves. Mm, yes, what a great discussion. <laughs> I wish we could stay on this topic forever, but now let's talk about the big picture. Sometimes we are so close to a situation that we limit our focus to the present short-term struggle in front of us, which can be very discouraging and despairing. What I, as I'm sure some of our listeners battle at times, is how to find a new form of constructive perspective in the face of hardship or challenges. By taking a few steps back and observing the overall big picture, one will start to find more clarity, more direction, more strength, less stress, and less worry because you're taking the time to practice being adaptable and patient while learning of the overall big picture and finding a silver lining. Susan, what does this notion mean to you and how does it affect your leadership? Well, this reminds me of the analogy of the balcony that I mentioned before. Think of life, work, a situation as a dance floor. And just imagine you're on the dance floor with people crowded in. The music is playing, the people are dancing and moving around you. It's confusing, maybe a little fun, maybe a lot of fun. You have no idea how big the dance floor is, though, or how many people there really are, or what's happening on the sides of the room because you're in the middle and you can't see past the few people around you. You want to move to the front of the room, but you have no idea which way that is because you can't see. Now imagine that you see stairs to the balcony on your right. You go to the stairs and take them up to the balcony that overlooks the dance floor. From that vantage point, you can see everything. The dancers, the people standing and talking along the side, the band in front of the room, the lobby in the back. You can even see there is an outdoor patio where people are mingling. This is a great view and provides a wonderful perspective that you can now use to plan what you need to do to get to the front of the room. I like this analogy a lot for a lot for a lot of reasons, especially when I'm faced with adversity. If I'm really in it and stressed out, I can't see where I am, much less know where I need to go. If I take a moment to imagine I'm on the balcony overlooking my situation, I oftentimes come up with some helpful ideas and insights. I also like this analogy because I am reminded that although, although the balcony has a great view, it is removed from the action. I can't really do anything from there. I have to get myself back on the dance, dance floor with the situation and take action. But I know when I get lost, I can always go back up to get reoriented. Leaders need to be on the balcony to, the point, to point out the direction to the people they are leading, but they can't stay up there. They have to move down to the dance floor to know the people and understand firsthand what they are experiencing so they can be more effective pointing the way. Wow, so good. And I can see how resilience is such an important characteristic in today's world from that example of the dance floor. Thanks for sharing. Sure. Debbie, do you mind sharing how all of this fits in with leadership, however? I don't mind at all. 
Um, I'd absolutely like to cover that. And I'd like to start with what Susan said about the leaders um, being on the balcony and getting that great perspective and pointing the way for others, but then also being able to go down to the dance floor with them and experience what they're experiencing so they can be better leaders. We talked in earlier podcasts, Marianne, about how all leaders are people. We are all leaders, whether we want to be or not. We're an example to someone, even when we don't realize we're setting an example. And that example can be negative or it can be positive. It may influence people to do something they wouldn't otherwise do, or it influence them to avoid doing something. We may never know the impact of our examples, but the point is that we're influencing others all the time, and therefore we're leaders. And given that we're all leaders, that means people are watching what we do and how we show up in the world. If we're a leader who gets easily stressed out and is not able to weather adversity, what message does that send to the people following us? If, on the other hand, a leader is resilient and is able to set that example of resilient leadership, how beneficial might that be not only to the leader, but to all the people following him or her? This story may help illustrate the importance of resilient leadership. There was a senior executive I worked with who felt it was important that he always set a good example for his organization and the other leaders who worked for him so that he could present the image of a calm, cool, collected leader who was always there for his people, he started coming in earlier and earlier each morning to, to the office to deal with all the issues and action items that flowed to him from upper management and that were left over from the day before. Well, because he is a leader and other leaders and employees were watching what he did and trying to emulate him, they started coming in earlier and earlier too. They assumed that because he did it, he expected them to do it also. The situation started causing issues and spiraling out of control amongst the leadership team because they were all working too many hours, not taking care of themselves, and chipping away at their resilience. When a crisis occurred, and they always do, that team was not in a good place and not very resilient as a team or as individuals. The moral to this story is that no one escapes stress. We all experience it sometimes. Trying to manage stress is not the right approach because it's not really possible. All we can really do is acknowledge the stress, understand what is causing it, and try to alleviate it so that the stress doesn't end up managing us. This leader was doing his best to alleviate his own stress, but in the way that he did it, and because he was a senior leader, he was causing stress for others in his organization. The solution to the situation turned out to be the leader sitting down with his team and communicating, explaining why he was doing what he was doing and that he absolutely did not expect the same of them. In fact, he didn't even want them spending so much time at the office. So you can see from this example, I believe, how resilience and leadership are intertwined. Mm, I love that story. There's so much good advice today. And if you're taking notes at home, now is the time to pick your pen back up. According to Charles Trivet, there are five common characteristics a resilient person can identify with. Number one, a positive attitude. Number two, confidence and calmness. Number three, a willingness to ask for help. Four, empathy and understanding. And last of all, persistence and determination. Now, ladies, I personally resonate with these five characteristics 
as they remind me of a quote from someone who inspires me, Martin Luther King, which says this, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Let's chat for a quick minute about who inspires you to pursue resilience when the world around you is struggling. Well, um, Miriam, that is just great. I love that that quote. And, and I love the five characteristics um, about the resilient people. But I just want to talk a little bit more about that because maybe resilient people have already broken the code on how to alleviate stress and become resilient, as Debbie mentioned about talking about leadership. So they have a positive that they have a positive attitude because they are resilient. They are confident and calm because they are resilient and they ask for help because they are resilient and they are empathetic, understanding, persistent and determined because they are resilient. They figured out how to be resilient in the face of adversity. I think that's fascinating. Um, and now your question about who inspires me. I am so inspired by all the resilient people today who are delivering groceries and food, mail carriers, doctors and nurses, garbage collectors, small business owners, bus drivers, people who clean public areas, and those who make and deliver all the supplies we now need. All the people that go to work every day to keep food on their tables and a roof over their heads and keep the country going. As we talked at the beginning of this podcast, it's a challenging time today for everyone, but these people are demonstrating extraordinary resilience and they inspire me. Wow. Susan's answer is a great one. And I too am inspired by so many people. It's not just one individual. I would say first responders are high on my list as are leaders in all walks of life. And I can't forget to mention my family and friends, the people that I love. They inspire me to be resilient when the world around me is challenging. This has been such a rich and hopefully empowering episode for our listeners. I wish we could keep going, but we are coming to a close of today's episode. And for my last question, can we each offer one piece of advice when it comes to resilience and learning how to be adaptable, especially considering today's work environment for our listeners? Marianne, I have a quote on my wall about perseverance, and it goes something like this. In the confrontation between the stream and the rock, the stream always wins, not through strength, but through persistence. That, to me, captures the essence of resilience. My advice, then, is to be the stream and not the rock. Keep moving and flowing towards your why, your goals, your purpose. You may run over some rocks and even have some falls, but your persistence and resilience will pay off. That's such a nice visual, Debbie. Thank you. Mine is simple. Be kind to yourself and to others too. I love that. And I would say, don't give up. Success to me is just moving forward, even if it's a bumpy ride. That's awesome. Great. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you both again for taking the time to share your stories and inspirational ideas with us today. Please tune in next week for our episode where we will talk about the power of having an executive coach and how you can use coaching to accelerate your career and life. 
For more information on the Seasons Leadership Program, go to www.seasonsleadership.com. Applications are now open for the 2021 program. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on the Women in Leadership podcast series. If you loved our podcast, we encourage you to sign up for the Seasons Leadership Coaching Program, a year-long leadership program for women designed to support your growth and success as a professional. The program was created to help motivate female leaders and further their self-awareness to live into their potential while making a difference. For more information or to register yourself for Seasons Leadership, visit their website at seasonsleadership.com and follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn to stay connected. See you next time.